Welcome to Night Vale, a novel by Joseph Fink and Geoffrey Craner. Chapter 1 Pawn shops in the Night Vale work like this. First you need an item to pawn. To get this, you need a lot of time behind you, years spent living and existing, until you reach the point where you believe that you exist, and that a physical item exists, and that the concept of ownership exists. And that, impossible as all these things are, the absurd beliefs line up in a way that results in you owning an item. Good job. Nicely done. Second, once you believe you own an item, you must reach a point where you need money more than you need the item. This is the easiest step. Just own an item and own a body with needs and weight. The only pawn shop in the town of Nightvale is run by a very young Jackie Fierro. It has no name, but if you need it, you will know where it is. This knowledge will come suddenly, often while you are in the shower. You will collapse, surrounded by a bright glowing blackness. You will find yourself on your hands and knees, the warm water running over you, and you will know where the pawn shop is. You will smell must and soap, and feel a stab of panic about how alone you are. It will be like most showers you've taken. Before you can offer Jackie your item, there will first be some hand washing, which is why there are bowls of purified water throughout the shop. You need to chant a little as you wash your hands. Yes, you of course should always chant when you wash your hands. It's only hygienic. When you have been properly purified, you will lay the item on the counter and Jackie will consider it. Jackie will have her feet up on the counter. She will lean back. $11, she will say. She will always say $11. You will not respond. You are ultimately unnecessary to this process. You are ultimately unnecessary. No, no, she will say, waving her hand. And then she will name her actual price. Usually it's money. Sometimes it is other things. Sometimes it is dreams, experiences, visions. Then you will die, but only for a bit. The item will be given a price tag, $11. Everything in the pawn shop is that price, no matter what she loaned you for it. Once, once you are no longer dead, she will give you a ticket, which later you will be able to exchange for an item, or at any time. You may look at the ticket and remember the item. Remembering the item is free. You are leaving the story now. You are only an example and it is probably safer for you not to be in the story anyway. Jackie Fierro squinted out of the window parking lot. There was no one coming. She was closing. Relatively speaking, she was always closing soon. And always just opening. Beyond the window was the parking lot. And beyond that, the, the desert. And beyond that, the sky, mostly void, partially stars, layered for her vantage. It was all distance, equally unreachable from her girls at the counter. She had recently turned 19 for as long as she could remember. The pawn shop had been hers for a long time, centuries maybe. Clocks and calendars don't work in Nightvale. Time itself doesn't work. For all her years, as the newly 19 owner of the pawn shop, she left the shop 
only when it was closed, and then only to her apartment, where she sat with her feet up on the coffee table, taking the community radio and local cable news. Based on what the news told her, the outside world seemed a dangerous place. There was always some world-ending cataclysm, threatening night veil, feral dogs, a sentient glowing cloud with the ability to control minds, all locked doors that led to a strange desert, other world where the current mayor had been trapped for months. It seemed safer to not have friends or hobbies, to sit at work, head down, doing a job, then sit at home, glass after glass of orange juice, radio on, safe from anything that might disrupt her routine. Her days were spent in silence, mostly void, par- partially fought. Some days she would recatalog her inventory. Other days she would clean the shelves. Every day she would sit and think. She would try to think about the day she took over the store. There must have been a day like that, but she could not think of the specifics. She had been doing this for decades. She was very young. Both of these were true at the same time. She knew college was a thing 19-year-olds did. She knew being unemployed in a difficult job market, living at home, was also what 19-year-olds did. She was content doing neither of those things. She continued on and on and on upon the shop. She understood that the world and her place in it. She understood nothing. The world and her place in it were nothing. And she understood that. Because of the lack of working time in Nightvale, she went off her gut feeling about when the shop would close. When the feeling came, it came, and the doors had to be locked, removed from their frames, and safely hidden. The feeling came. She swung her feet off the counter. A decent day. Old woman Josie, who lived out by the car lot, had come in with a number of cheap plastic flamingos. She'd carry them in a large canvas sack and empty them onto the counter, like loose change. It is not for myself that I give up these little ones, old Josie said, addressing the bare wall, several feet to the right of Jackie, in a strong, formal voice, making occasional sweeping gestures for a pun, but for the future. Jo- Josie stopped her pun, still out. Jackie decided the speech was over. All right, man. I'll give you eleven dollars, she said. Old woman Josie tightened her eyes at the bare wall. Ah, okay, Jackie softened, prodding at one of the flamingos and looking at his weak plastic belly. Tell you what, I'll give you a good night's sleep. Old woman Josie struck. I'd take it. A good night's sleep was a widely generous offer. The flamingos were worthless. But there are so many of them, and Jackie couldn't help herself. She never refused an item. Be careful not to touch those directly, Josie said, after she finished being dead. Using shop brands, Jackie laid the flamingos out side by side on the shelf. Each one tasked with a single handwritten $11 price tag. Most things shouldn't be touched anyway, Jackie thought. Goodbye, dear, said Josie, taking the ticket that Jackie had filled out. Come by sometime and talk to the angels. They've been asking about you. Angels lived with old woman Josie in a small tract home, whose tract no longer stood, leaving it alone at the edge of town. The angels did chores for her. Josie made a modest income selling the items they had touched. 
No one understood why the angels lived with her. Very little was understood by angels. Some things were. Of course, angels do not exist. It is legal to consider their existence, or even to give them a dollar, when they forget bus money and start hovering around the mouse asking for change. Around the middle of the day, Jackie had acquired a car. It was a Mercedes only a few years old, and offered with urgency by a young man wearing a grey pinstripe business suit, stained with dirt. It was impressive how he got the car onto the counter, but there is a way these things are done, and it had to go on the counter. He washed his hands and chanted. The water went brown and red. She settled an offer of five dollars, talking him down from eleven. He laughed as he took his money and the ticket. It's not funny until I explain laughing. And finally, a woman named Diane Creighton arrived in, late in the afternoon. Almost closing time according to Jackie's gut. Can I help you, Jackie said. She was unsure of why she asked this, as Jackie rarely greeted people who came into the store. Jackie knew who Diane was. She organised PTA fundraisers. Diane sometimes came by to distribute flyers and things, like Nightvale High School PTA Fun Drive. Help give your kids the municipality approved education they deserve. Your support is mandatory and appreciated. Diane, in Jackie's mind, looked just like a woman who would be an active PTA mom. With her kind of face and comfortable clothing, she also thought Diane looked like a woman who would who'd be a loan officer with her conservative makeup choices and serious demeanor. She would look like a pharmacist if she were ever, ever to wear the standard white coat, gas mask and hip waders. She looked like a lot of things to Jackie. Mostly, she looked like a person lost in both places at once. Diane took a handkerchief from her purse without changing her upward distant expression. She wept a single tear onto the cloth. I like to her this, she said, looking at Jackie. Jackie considered the handkerchief. The tear would dry soon. Eleven dollars, that's the deal, she said. I'll take it. Her loose hanging arms were now drawn up near her purse. Jackie took the tear damped handkerchief and gave Diane her ticket and money. After her brief death, Diane thanked her and hurried out of the shop. Jackie tagged the tear with $11 price tag and placed it on the shelf. So a decent day. Jackie flipped the sign and the door closed. Her hand touched the window, leaving the ghost upon the shelf, on the glass. A hand raised to say, stop, come here, hello, or help. Or maybe, only, I am here, the hand at least is real. She looked down to adjust the items on the counter. When she looked up, a man was there. He was wearing a tan jacket and holding a deerskin suitcase. He had normal human features. He had arms, legs. He might have had hair, or maybe he was wearing a hat. Everything was normal. Hello, he said. My name is Everett. Jackie screamed. The man was perfectly normal, she screamed. I'm so sorry. Are you closed? No, it's okay. Can I help you? Yes, I hope so, he said. There was buzzing coming from somewhere. His mouth? I have an item I'd very much like to pawn. I, she said, and waved her hand to indicate she might have something to say next. He nodded her head. Thank you for my help. Have I introduced yourself? No, I apologize. My name's Emmett. They shook hands. Her hand continued to shake after they let go. Yes, well... Here's an item. He set a small sip of paper on the, on the counter, 
Written in Dalsmere pencil were the words King City. The handwriting was shaky and the pencil had been pressed down hard. She couldn't stop staring at it, although she didn't know what it was. That was interesting. Interesting, she said. No, not very, said the man in the tent jacket. The man washed his hands and quietly chanted, and Jackie forced herself to lean back and put her feet on the counter. There was a way in these th things are done. She looked a few times for a man's face, but she found she forgot in it in a moment. She even stopped looking. Eleven dollars, she said. The man hummed, and small voices joined them, apparently from within the deerskin suitcase. Where did this come from? she asked. Why, why are you offering this to me? What, what would I do with it? Her voice was high and cracked. It did not sound like her at all. The man was now harmonizing with the voices from his suitcase. He did not seem to register her questions. No, no, I'm sorry, she said. Fully aware of, but unable to stop her per negotiating technique. My mistake. Thirty dollars is about an idea time. Done, he said, smiling. Was that a smile? She gave him thirty dollars and told him her idea about time. That is very interesting, he said. Never thought about it that way. Generally, I don't think at all. Then he died. She usually loses time to finish up paper and get the ticket ready. She did nothing. She clutched a sip of paper. He wasn't dead anymore. I'm sorry, your ticket. There's no need, he said, possibly still smiling. She couldn't get a good enough look at his face to tell. No, your ticket. There's a way these things are done. She scrolled, scrolled out a number ticket, and the information tickets always had a random number. The quality of the light at the time of tra transaction, the general feeling of the weather outside, her current thoughts in the future, and a quick sketch of what she thought, thought hearts should look like, but instead of pulsing lumps of straw and clay that grow like cancer in, into our chest when we turn nine years old. He, he looked the ticket as, as she thrust at him, thanking her to leave. Goodbye, she said. King City said the paper. Goodbye, waved the man, saying nothing. Wait, she said. You never told me your name. Oh, you're right, he said, and Dora. My name is Elliot. A pleasure to make you acquaintance. The door swung open and shut. Jackie had a slip of paper in her hand, unsure for the first time in however long her life had been. What to do next? She felt how that routine, unbroken for decades, had been disrupted, that something had gone differently, but she also had no idea why she felt that. It was just a slip of paper, just clutched in her hand, just that. She finished her paperwork. On the line, she said, pawn by, she stopped. She could not remember his name. She couldn't even remember his face. She looked down at the piece of paper, King City. She looked up at a glimpse of him out the window, just a jostle of stuck memory. From the counter, she could see the man in tan jacket outside. He was running out to the desert. She could just barely see him at the edge of the parking lot's radius of light. His arms were swinging wildly, his suitcase swinging along. His legs were flailing, great puffs of sand kicked up behind him. His head thrown back, sweat visibly running down his neck, even from where she sat. The kind of run that was from something and not toward. Then he left the faint edge of light and was gone. This book was chosen because I forgot to bring the book I intended to read. For once though, forgetfulness did pay off. This book has been a fascinating novel to read. 
from the moment you read the first world word, the novel takes you by the jaw and immerses you into this bizarre and fascinating adventure.